I got a drink idea, a drink name. Go on. All right. It's going to be Call Me Daddy. (laughs) So we got to figure that part out. everyone welcome back to another episode of bs and bourbon uh today bob's not with me but we'll continue on and we uh we have daddy rack whiskey with us today we have j arthur rackham aka daddy rack and then we have dave marsland and then he is the ambassador for daddy rack whiskey how y'all guys doing today we are doing so well i'm very happy to be with you guys and well dave how are you doing as well I'm fantastic. Despite being in the UK, uh, another lockdown, I'll still be able to drink some Daddy Rack here and uh, still be able to see what's going on in the US. So it's great to be a part of things like this and great to chat to other Americans as we uh, drink some Daddy Rack whiskey. So Dave, Dave is so modest. He's our international brand ambassador. He's based in Manchester in the UK. Uh, he's there in his sitting room. I'm looking at him now, but he reaches <laughs> out to all the best bartenders around the world. You said you told me earlier he was a uh... A, a good mixologist, Dave. Are you a good mixologist? Oh, that's, I, I can I can whip up. I mean, old fashioned. For sure. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, I've owned a bar and uh, a liquor store myself here in Manchester, so um, I'm able to put my kind of passions to the front line. Um, done many a training session across the world as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's good to sort of make drinks, but obviously also to be able to to drink others as well, which is why. I, I always have a good rapport between mixologists, uh, especially in the U.S. When I came to visit a handful of times, uh, Atlanta and Tennessee itself, it was uh, it was a very interesting experience. That's, that's what I love, you know, getting to understand trends and try different things and uh, put it into practice myself. So fingers crossed, it's, uh, it's it's paying off so far. Good, good. Well, tell me a little bit about the history of Daddy Rack. Uh, Daddy Rack is a personal mission for me. So I I started making uh, spirits like 30 or 40 years ago in France uh, with Cognac and Armagnac and uh, Calvados. I, I grew up in uh, the 50s in uh, a place called Portobello Road. My daddy had a liquor store in Portobello Road, which is a very famous street market. So he had a liquor store there. I grew up in that. And then when I was, I guess, like 15, he sent me into uh, some really interesting summer camps, working with um, and experiencing with some of the best distillers. So my first was in Cognac with the Camus family. And then I continued doing that. So I kind of grew up understanding a little bit about distillation and uh, spirit mixology. And then 15 years later, when I got into business, I started making my own blends. So I've been doing that for the last 30 years. My drink of choice is whiskey and American whiskey and corn whiskey. So my aspiration was to make a really great, authentic American whiskey. So Daddy Rack is is what I've done this year, uh, working in Tennessee. Tennessee is what I wanted to do. 80% corn whiskey, 10% rye, 10% uh, malted barley, really working authentically uh, whiskey that was true to tradition but also a relatively young whiskey. So I like young whiskies, but with massive flavor. So managing how to manage those massive flavors and make it really super smooth as well, authentically. So that's the mission I had, and that's what Daddy Rack is. 
Uh, one thing that stands out to, to us and, and Bob as well is the label. Now you're looking, you're, you're shopping in the store, and I think this is going to do well for you guys. You're shopping in the store, and you may have $30, $40 to spend, but you see the label, and, and which we'll definitely post pictures. It is a beautiful label. We, we've kind of talked about that. But one thing it does that most people don't do is it actually tells you the process on the side of the bottle, what they're doing. Yeah. And that, that is transparency. People respect that. Yeah. In 30 years of working in the spirit business and, and, and launching brands and so on, this is my personal baby. This is my my thing. It's Daddy Rack. Um, Daddy Rack is the name that my eldest daughter gave me, Grace, some years ago. So my, my handle is Daddy Rack. So Daddy Rack Whiskey is all about my DNA. My DNA is about provenance, about authenticity, is about doing it correct. And when you go to Tennessee, and I've spent the last couple of years in Tennessee working with a distiller, working with uh, my friends there and looking at how we're going to do this. I wanted to make a whiskey that was completely authentic, true to the roots, true to tradition and really authentic in terms of flavor. I also wanted to have that reflected on the label coming to your point. So the label tells you everything about the whiskey. It tells you the char. It tells you everything about the age. It tells you everything. It's full transparency. The label is a nice label. It looks pretty cool, but also it tells you everything about what we've got inside that bottle. Is the the street front, is that something dear to you or is it just something random? <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to tell you something. Um, my, uh, uh, the guy who did the packaging is a really close friend of mine and the label. And he's he's like a, a, an amazing international expert. He's a personal friend. He did it for me. So he did a great job. And you fill the label. It's just beautiful. The original label had a London taxi on the front label. And I said, no, I don't want a London taxi. I want I want a pickup truck. Yep. So we changed a few things on the label. On the front label, you'll see now a pickup truck. I'm I'm, I'm a big motorhead. And I love my cars. I've got a Mustang in my drive. I've got a five liter left hand drive Mustang uh, GT in my drive. We modified that as well on the packaging. So if that's helpful to you, but that's my anecdotal comment on the packaging. Hey, I'm country. So if you put a truck and whiskey together, a okay for me. Perfect. Well, I want I want that. And I, I really, my feeling is we've got a three-year-old whiskey, which is awesome, in my view. Uh, it really tastes really like a, a proper three-year-old whiskey. It's smooth. It's mellow. It's got massive flavor. But I, I just really want to get into tailgate parties. Uh, for me, it's rocking up with my pickup truck and tailgate parties and having conviviality. And that's what I want to do with Daddy Rack. Hey, you come to Georgia, we'll do it. As soon as this all this quarantine and COVID's over, you come to Georgia. I am going to be there. I, you have no, don't even give me the invitation. I'm on your doorstep right. as soon as I can. I'm going to be on your doorstep. Is that an American expression, doorstep? Yes, yeah, that works. Okay, I'm on your doorstep. All right, just be sure to ring the doorbell because my wife may shoot you. <laughs> no, but I won't come with a rifle in my hand or anything like that. Don't worry. Uh, I'll be I'll be smiling as Daddy Rack. Yeah, she she I was a typical American. How can your wife refuse me with a me as a smiling guy, obviously a nice guy, with a bottle of Daddy Rack? How can you she not refuse me that. entrance? <laughs> the whiskey might get you in the door, but hey, we're typical Americans. Shoot first, ask questions later. 
<laughs> but no, no, she she's not that one. Um, you know, What's your does? wife's name? I'm writing Diane. it down now. What's your wife's name? Diane. Diane. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Diane, Actually, if you're uh, listening, I'm coming. Who does the cooking? She does. Um, I, I'll grill occasionally and cook occasionally, but she does most of it. She's a great wife, uh, takes care of me and my two girls, but, but we do give her a little bit of hell. So here's the thing. I am into Brunswick. I've got the most awesome recipe for a Brunswick. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm not going to give it to you now. Okay. It's, it's, it's too precious. But I have a really good Brunswick, and I want to reach out to you and talk about my Brunswick with Daddy Rack. But I'm I'm there, uh, okay. and food and 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 that is um, something I'm really into. So when I come and see you, I'll kick you up at Brunswick. All right, we'll we'll cook you up some barbecue to go with it. Are you talking about Brunswick stew? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll cook some barbecue for you, and then Thank uh, you. I'm I'm famous for my potatoes. I can, You're famous for your potatoes. Now, now here, now I, <laughs> I am. So I've actually studied. So I, I'm a scientist at heart. So I, I study when I pick whiskey. I study barrels, but I've also <laughs> studied a potato. If you cut a potato a different way, it tastes different. Really? Yes. It's minor differences, but I found that then there's going to be differences between each potato. But if you cut a a potato in a spiral like a curly fry, like a like in your home fresh potato, it actually tastes sweeter than cutting it any other way. You've got oh, me very intrigued now. I, I'm okay. a potato savant. Here's the thing. I, I buy all my uh, vegetables from the farm because I live in a farm area. I live yeah. in a really farm area. I've got hop farms and sheep farms, and that's where I live. So I go to the farm shop, and I big, buy massive potatoes, which we bake. And I love baked potatoes. And it's so sweet, our potatoes. And I, I think you and I need to have a potato standoff. We need to have a, a, a stop laughing, Dave. Oh. You and I, no, we need to have this English versus um, Georgia potatoes okay. competition because I, I think I'm our game. potatoes are pretty sweet. I'm game. So what, what you need to do is bring some of your potatoes and then I'll have some I'm of your potatoes. do it. As long as I can get in the country, I, I, I really worry about me being stopped immigration and saying, oh, sorry, James, uh, <laughs> you can't bring your potatoes in uh, or whatever. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm more worried it. about I'm more worried about Diane's gonna think when you turn up on the porch, you've got a bottle of daddy rack in one hand and some potatoes in the other with a face <laughs> the, uh, a grinning your face at the same time. She'll have no idea the scenario at all. She will know for sure you're there to see me. Oh potatoes Diane. in one hand, whiskey in the other. That's James. Oh Diane. And also Diane, we need to also with my baked potatoes, you have to give it a nice edge with some nice you know, like um cheese or mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, 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 come on, Dave, you and I are there, aren't you? I'm not sure you guys are into this. Do you do baked potatoes with some nice sauces? We no, are I'm, completely focused on really nice baked potato. Man, I'm, I'm, too, I'm 240. I actually lost 50 pounds. No, 230. I actually lost 50 pounds in a weight loss competition. And my podcast partner weighs 280. And then our liquor store owner weighs like 315. We know how to eat. That's one thing you can trust is, is fat guys know how to eat well. So okay. I, I think you got a challenge. So in America, we have a saying, any, we'll take any challenge as long as you send the big ones one at a time and the little ones as fast as you can get there. Okay. James, <laughs> you have a challenge. 
right. Dave and I are challenging you on the uh, potato thing All right. with hey, Daddy Rack. You bring your stew and we'll bring my the Brunswick. I do my Brunswick and I do that. Done. All it's right. a done deal. And we'll have two different potato dishes. <laughs> Mine and yours. We're going to blind them too. When I, I can't wait. Seriously, I can't wait. I'd so, uh, I'm so sorry. We. It's my home there. I want to be there. I can't travel yet, but I want to be there. So I guess let's get into the whiskey. Uh, I've been drinking it since I got it on Tuesday. So you like it? Yeah. It's got a, and, and I went. I always go through tasting notes and compare what I get. Um, on the appearance, uh, spot on. The nose, I get maple. I don't get any oat, but I definitely, you know, get some caramel to it for me. And and, it, and some, for some people, it's hard to distinguish maple and caramel. Most novice drinkers are just going to say it smells sweet. You know, a good nose it is a nose you would expect for an 80-proof bourbon, and, and and you nailed it. The taste, you you have smooth, buttery mouthfeel, roasted apple, banana, and I, I'm going to get back to the banana, uh, leads into a vanilla and hint of nutmeg. I actually get a little bit of mint on it also. I get vanilla and mint. Um, very pleasing. And, and a little fresher profile. Yeah, for, for me. And, you know, everybody is different. That's one thing I tell people is is just because we pick a good whiskey doesn't mean you're going to like it. You might not like what we pick. And, and that's fine. And I tell people, if you find a store where you like their picks, buy their picks because they're going to be in that same profile typically. And then the finish is warm. A little bit of sweet corn to the finish for me, which is, is common for a, a three-year product. So overall, very pleased with it. I don't delve into 80-proof bourbons often. But as far as on the shelf, I put it right up there with, with one of my favorites, Penelope. Oh, that's great. Thank you. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. And at a $30 price point, I, and it's it's going to be hard to beat. It's something that if, if you like a lower proof bourbon, you definitely need to have on your shelf. Thank you so much. I mean, that's a great review. But as I said at the beginning of this, um, we wanted to make a, a Tennessee whiskey which is completely authentic, true to its roots, and managed through some very skillful people in the distillery and how we just manage the vibrant congeners, uh, it's a technical word, but all those big things in the flavor and do that naturally. And naturally over a three-year period, modify that into something which was naturally smooth. So we have a natural Tennessee whiskey, a straight Tennessee whiskey. And I think it's a pretty good job. And you kind of endorse that. So thank you so much, James, for your comment. Yeah, thanks for saying it. One thing that that you do get, a, I do get a slight hint of like a banana fruit, not as major as you would like on a Jack Daniels. But is that something that 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 you tend to see with in your tasting of of, of Lincoln County? Yeah, but this is really interesting now because now you're getting into, and this is really really interesting. And Dave and I and the team need to look at this. So now you're picking up on you. You're right. There are some incredible flavor profiles coming out. And I have to say to you, I don't know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly don't know. And I, I saw six months ago or 12 months ago when we we're doing the blending, and I don't fully understand those flavor profiles that we've got in Daddy Rack. I like them. Mm -hmm. They're good flavor profiles, but I haven't actually traced them back to where they've come from. Uh, I like, uh, you mentioned about the uh, barrel aging and so on. I like the uh, young American oak contact. I think the vanilla is good. I picked the vanilla up and I think we've really made sure the vanilla is just 
right on the flavor. It gives texture. Uh, but there are so many flavors in Daddy Rack. And I, do you know what? I just don't understand where those flavors are all coming from. So I'm, I'm we're looking at that now. I, I, I personally think that the flavor, I would say, let's just give a percentage, say 20 to 30% comes from your mash bill, your, your quality of ingredients. And you can change the quality of corn and change your flavor big time. But I think most of it comes from the barrels. And, and y'all, you've got a, a char number three on this barrel. In char number four is a standard. Char, yeah. char, and I, I, t- I didn't want to do that. I went deliberately for char number three, not char number four. Mm-hmm. Gee whiz, I'm really happy with what we've done. And we are going to understand that as we go forward. We're going to build on that and make even better blends and examples as we progress. We help s- steer people towards stuff we know tastes good. And this sitting on the shelf at 30 bucks or roundabout, depending on, you know, where it's at and, and taxes and other things like that. It's definitely something we'll steer them towards, especially most people that are getting into bourbon were like me when I first started drinking bourbon. We wanted to drink bourbon because it was more sophisticated in, in our eyes. So that's definitely something we'll steer them to. We've been steering them towards like Penelope's and, and stuff like that just because we know it tastes good. And then this is another one we can add in there. And and even the ladies in the crowd that are that are wanting to understand whiskey, um, we get a bunch of them at the store. They typically don't like the higher proof. Some do, but most of them like this lower proof 80 to 90 proof stuff. And they all come in asking for Eagle Rare. Guess what? It's not there all the time. I mean, they're not I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta catch it just right to get a bottle of Eagle Rare in, in Georgia anymore. So this is another option for them in that price point close to the same proof with with some of the same flavors it's it's a win-win uh james um we did a little bit of work on pre-marketing for georgia and we took some google ads and uh we did some google ads like a week or two weeks ago and we had like 44,000 45,000 hits on this we also then disseminated that into geographic areas and we knew that and also gender and demographic. What was really interesting is that the majority of our hits came from the 24 to 35 group. And then secondly, from the 35 to 45 group, we've actually got a lot of people from the younger age group locking into Daddy Rag. And I think that's really encouraging. I think you've done a really good job with it. Well, I ha- we have done a good, really good job. And it's not just me. It's just the whole collaborative thing. We have done a really, really good job. It's just about, here's the benchmark. This is what we've done. And we'll actually get better as we also then roll out some of the other expressions in the next two or three years. We will really, really seriously contribute to promoting Tennessee whiskey as an outstanding source for international whiskey. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about how I could make that statement, but I I truly love working in Tennessee with our partner, and I think we can do amazing things. And I think, seriously, we can promote Tennessee whiskey as being a a wonderful source, but also, obviously, my brand, Daddy Rack, as well. People don't perceive Tennessee whiskey as what it is, and I do. So my mission is to promote Tennessee whiskey and my brand. Yeah. And, that's, and that's my mission, James. So how does this work? I mean, what happens next? For you, I would continue hitting what you're hitting. That is your major market, is the drinker of an 80 to 100 proof whiskey. That's what's going to pay your bills. I know that's not the important driving factor for you, but that's what's going to do it. 
But then eventually I would branch off like what we've discussed and, and do single barrels of maybe a cast strength. I would yeah. let this flood the market, however it's going to do it, and then let people know the name. And then when you do bring out a cast strength, they're going to try it. Yeah. So my world, I talked to a guy that, that runs a, a major store in Georgia. He runs their loyalty program. And he said, you would be amazed, James, at how many people are in our loyalty program that aren't on these whiskey groups. So I am, I'm really a minority in what I do. But the major drinker, the one that's going to be buying the most of it is at this proof. And, and you, you've hit the market where you need to hit it to begin with. But then you grow your brand. If I owned a whiskey company, I would probably do it the same way you're doing it. Because if you just come out with cash strength stuff to start with, people aren't going to try it because they don't know it. And cash strength is going to be 60 to $70 more than likely. And it's hard to come out in the market that way without the connections yeah. some of these brands have. Yeah. No, we, well, it well. It's Thanks. interesting to say it, James, because um, the, the, the sort of the way I perceived it over the last, well, year and a half to two years now, that's Danny Rat was sort of pitched to me from James himself was I'm, I'm a massive fan of American whiskey you know I've, I've got a great Daniel selection here uh, but I've acquired here in the UK and Tennessee itself but I was I was always a bit intrigued because we only have really Jack Daniels here in the UK and spending a lot of my time here that's what I grew up on I was very similar to yourself in regards to drank it when I was a young introduced me into what American whiskey was all about, got onto JD and Coke's, learned a little bit more, got onto Scottish whiskey and hit my eyelids, my Laphroaigs, my Lagavulins, you know, the real peatiness and understood sort of the UK versions of what whiskey was all about. But the what I sort of understood was that to launch a brand here in the UK, which we will be doing in the, in the next couple of weeks, is to, you've got to understand the market. But what I didn't realise until I visited Tennessee was it's not the same market. And when James pitched it to me, I was a bit concerned in regards to, well, how are we going to do this? Are we going to flood the market straight away or are we going to tailor that sort of ideology of what, not just what Harry Rack's all about, what Tennessee whiskey as a category is all about? Because like I say, and we mentioned it before we started this, was we can't just be a rival to JD and hope for the best. Flood yeah. the market, let's see what we can do. I know James very, very well. I know his passion is behind it. I'm hoping that's really come across tonight. And that's what I wanted to make sure. If I was going to be a part of this, I've got to get behind it. And if I can get behind it, James is going to make something amazing from it. And that's what we've done. And that is the kind of ideology I'm just hoping that we can get in not just Tennessee and, and American states that we'll go into, but obviously the rest of the world when we start hitting those territories as well. It's getting that understanding. But having a great base whiskey to go off before you hit those single barrels, those higher proof. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a good cash strength. I was I was drinking some great liquid yesterday from both Scotland and America. And it's it's great to see those flavor profiles. But you've got to get that understanding straight away. But you might love that cash strength, but you've got to have a good entry base one. It's great, but as you've already said, uh, James, for $30, it's a great young whiskey, but also that does show off what Mr. Rackham 
He's loving from his own personal experiences. So there's these different sort of types of ideologies coming together. And that's what I could get behind. That's why I've joined James in this journey. Uh, you know, my love of American whiskey definitely helps with that. So I, I definitely see where you're coming from. You know, developing your palate, developing your own sort of thoughts towards the category, but still understanding what everybody else could be thinking at the same time. If you, if you tailored a brand towards the market I'm in, the 10 percenters, you're going to go broke because only 10% of the market's going to buy it. Now, you tailor it towards a 90%. That, that I mean, the question we always ask of of people that are starting or that are, you know, two or three years in is, when are you going to have single barrel store picks? Well, that's a, there, there's a reason behind that. It's because you've got to build first and then you can, and you just don't walk before you can run. And I think that's the good thing. And, and I know James will say the same, that we, we, there are plans ahead, but we're not rushing it. We're not thinking we've got to have it within a year. You know, James has said himself in the past that he will not release something until he's absolutely sure, but it was going to have an impact, not just on the Daddy Rat name itself, but as a Tennessee whiskey. You know, we, we, we wanted to be proud enough to promote Tennessee whiskey profile as a category, with Daddy Rack as a fantastic example of such a thing. And we've got a blend. We've got single barrel. We've got all these different, uh, you know, proofs towards it. But that's the thing that's going to get it done. As you quite rightly said, we, we can't do something half-assed. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? It's a waste of our time. It's a waste of your audience's time. It's a waste of consumers thinking, well, it's just been and gone after a year. Remember that Daddy Rack don't want to have that scenario. We want to be here in a good couple of decades thinking, I was here for the beginning and I'm here today and still drinking some fantastic juice. Yeah. From Tennessee as well. Yeah, I mean, and the beauty of it is this is batch one. This yeah. is the first batch, so I think you have a good base, and you're only gonna you're only gonna get better from here, and and that's that's the beauty of it. No, nope, you're absolutely right. Can't put a new liquor paint on something, but we can definitely grow it. We've done batch two and batch three as well, so we know we can follow our original blend. We're just a young company with aspirations. I think we're doing a good model. I think we're doing a good job. We're getting some good people saying, well done. And that's yeah. pretty well where we are now. We're a very young, small company. We just need a little bit of well done. Are we good? Do you like our products? Yeah. Are we going to say nice things about us or where are we yeah, now? Well, I mean, I'm recording it right now. This is what I'm going to say. I mean, I think your future is very bright. Thank you. You know, I think our future is very bright. Yeah. It's, um, it is what it is. It's an 80 proof whiskey that is $30 and that has good flavor. I can't, I can't compare you to a, you know, an award winning, you know, single barrel. That's not fair. What you're compared to is 80 proof. And in the $30 range, you're up there. It's good flavor. You thank can't you. ask much more from that. I mean, you can't, no. I think you've done, I think you're doing great things. Keep yeah. It. I think for $30 a bottle, I go there every week and, Go to my liquor store and buy a bottle every week. And you will have those drinkers. You know, people have their regular stuff and they find it, they like it, they stay with it. So keeping it consistent is huge too. James, I've got I've got a question for you though, if I may. Oh, Marson, what's your question for me, Marson? Let's go. Over James, over James. Do you just drink whiskey on its own, straight as it comes, or are you one for mixing depending on the scenario? I will try mix drink personally. What I do when I come home, it's in a glass just like that off my shelf. My personal preference is neat. I, I don't. Okay. I don't personally mix anything. Now, there have been some things that I have liked that typically I'm not a finished bourbon or finished whiskey type of guy. 
it just it just hasn't done well for me. But a company that we we've done some picks with in, in Georgia, Sagamore Spirit, they did a uh, barrel aged Manhattan. So it's whiskey aged in uh, vermouth barrels and then whiskey aged in cherry brandy barrels. Now that it's a really it's a it's a nice treat. It's expensive, but it's a pretty nice thing. That's probably as close as I get to a mixed drink. It's okay. just not something. Just not something <laughs> I like. And my answer. If because I wasn't sure if you're talking to me or James, but I'm exactly the same as James. I drink it probably like you, neat. So for me, whiskey has to be drunk neat at temperate temperature and not chilled. Yeah, and that's why I have. That's why I want my whiskey. To be fair, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm not a massive fan of you know adding a couple of drops of water, especially for Scotch whiskey as well. It's, it seems to have a bit more of an impact, apparently. But but the, the reasoning I've always had was if the master blender and the master distiller had said that is the best that we can do, then that's how I'm going to drink it. You know, why add anything else to it to make it better in my own mind when it could be wrong as well? I don't want to ruin something I've just paid good thirty dollars for and realize I can't go back. Yeah. But it's interesting from from a mixologist's point of view, and what I do as my role for Daddy Rack is obviously to understand what James has, has, has been doing, and I can drink this on its own. I mean. I know you can't see on on the podcast itself, but that is an empty bottle of Daddy Rack. Hey, that that goes into Walter's Bottle Kill Cemetery. So that's, really, <laughs> that's a hashtag. Uh, that's a hashtag on our Facebook. Group. He loved that. Hold on, oh, let uh, me uh, sorry. hold it back up, and I'll take a picture. We got to post it. I'll put it upside down. I already have it at home. Walter's Bottle Kill Cemetery, right there. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that, that's that's the thing though, because I, I I could drink on its own. I understand it, but for what I do, it's I mean, you know, working with the bars in Tennessee at the moment. Georgia's, of course, coming up, and it's it's getting to know them, and they understand that we we have to be. We can't just have something that's good for people on its own. You've got to be versatile. You know, we, if we have a young whiskey, we've got to make sure that if it's gonna be mixed, we understand there's that bar club, Jack Daniels and Co. Is a, is a, it's a, it's pretty much a branded bar goal across the world. Uh, the JD and Co, double, whatever, easy. And you know it's going to be. And we want to have that sort of scenario, but a bit more organic, granted. We're not going to start trademarking stuff and anything like that. But we want to have something that, if the young ones are drinking this for the very first time, they're probably going to have it with cola or some sort of mixer like ginger ale yeah. or even soda. You know, And we understand that, but we've got to have something that will work with it. So we're not alienating anybody. I mean, we're obviously hardcore whiskey drinkers, and I don't blame us for drinking it on its own. That's how I do. That's how you both do as well. But we understand that we we can't just say that. We've got to have those opportunities. It's something I wanted to mention, especially when we're heading into Georgia, is we realize that um, peach works fantastically well, flavor profiles in Daddy Rack itself. And we came up with something called the Rackhouse Lemonade. And it's a, it's a very, very easy. And it's one of those consoles you can make at home as well. So it's, there's no shaking required or anything like that. And because of that, it means that people who are a bit, oh, I'm not up for making a cocktail, it's thrown all into a glass. Daddy Rack, creme de peche, lemon juice, topped with soda. Done. And it's that kind of refreshing spring to summer serve that you can also enjoy on Christmas Day as well. And that's the kind of thing. We wanted to have something that was incredibly versatile, but retains that Daddy Rack feel. And it's interesting, as I sort of told the people like yourselves, when we spoke to Daz drinking bourbon guys a couple of weeks ago, and obviously my interaction with the directly with the bartenders and mixologists of America itself. It's interesting to see how they perceive it from their own point of view, 
but also their customers as well. And it's obviously we, we're not there. We understand that we are stuck in the UK until travels allowed. We will be into the US. And I, I've drank much of a, you know, especially Jack Daniels when I went to visit them at their distillery. It was JD and ginger ale and JD and Sprite all the time. And it was great. I loved it. Very refreshing. I want to go over and start drinking what they're drinking and how they're experiencing Daddy Rack. And it's great. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, James, but it'd be great to sort of see how people are drinking Daddy Rack without us letting them know that this is how we'd like it ourselves. Yeah. I mean, you got to think, you know, like I said, I'm the 10 percenters. Yeah. You got to keep the 90 percent happy. So mixed drinks is definitely a part of that. I guess we'll wrap it up. Well, where can uh, everybody find you uh, social media wise? Website. Hey. Uh, so you can um, find us, daddyrack.com is, is our main website. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Daddy Rack Whiskey is, is as simple as it's going to come. Uh, search for it there. We're, we're very active, especially when it comes to, you know, inspirational ideas for cocktails. But, of course, where you can pick it up from the liquor stores. In Tennessee itself at the moment, we've got a great bottle locator on the website. Uh, but, of course, as we start heading into Georgia and spreading ourselves across the lights of Savannah and, of course, Atlanta itself as well, you'll... Uh, lots of different ways of highlights of where to pick it up from there for sure. Well, we're going to work on Call Me Daddy, the mixed drink. We've got to figure that part out. <laughs> Call Me Daddy. I love Call Me Daddy. That's a hashtag. That's a hashtag. Yeah. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Um, you can find us on Instagram, BS and Bourbon ATL, and then on Facebook, BS Ampersand Bourbon. And then I think, I think we got a link tree, got all kinds of stuff. So if you ever need to get in touch with us, you guys can find us there. Well, I thank both of you for coming on. It was a pleasure. I'm so excited I got to meet you. And then I'm going to kick your ass in a cooking competition. James? Yes. James, I'm coming to your house, and your uh, wife's going to be cooking, and I'm going to be uh, uh, work, working with that, and we're going to be having a great time as yes. soon as we can. So thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah. Thank oh, you both. Thank you very much, James. I appreciate it.